Hello. I can Thank hear you, but I can't see myself. Oh. Which is a shame, obviously. <laughs> um, oh, God. Okay. Oh, start video. So I usually have people first. Hi. I'm good. Are you? Oh, not too bad. Not too bad. It's uh, Tuesday. Yeah. Wednesday? Tuesday. It's Tuesday. 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 Yeah. Thanks for joining me again. It's great to have you on again. No worries. Let's jump straight into it. So obviously since yep. you were last here, we've had summer. It's been wild for you by the looks of it. Yeah. Uh, talk to me about your summer. How's that been? Uh, oh, Christ. Where did we start? Um, I think the last when was time, the last time I spoke to you? I was about to go to Monaco. That's the one, yeah. Okay, yeah, we've covered a lot of ground since then. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, Monaco is a good place to start. Um Good, good trick of the trade for any uh, fans who want to go there is to stay in Monton, okay. which is just, it's a town, a couple of stops over the train, obviously not being British is only a couple of pounds. It's not going to cost you, you know, 1100 euros to cross the border. So it's like three stops on the train. I think it's like three quid a day or something yeah. if they even catch you. Um, and yeah, the accommodation over that side's, 120 140 a night or something like that so i went with ali and yeah we had a nice weekend all the all the other stuff uh that happened after we got to monton and monaco is is more specific to what i do but uh yeah no advice for anyone who wants to do the monaco grand prix monton's the place to stay um but no that was a fun experience i mean as it always should be where do we go Mon monaco you just go to monaco yeah I've, a few times i've been first time i ever went was for the historic grand prix in 2010 oh. um and i actually went back to that same event last year i'm going to the same one next year that's another one another tip for anyone listening historic grand prix in monaco <laughs> if you don't want to do you know everybody dressed head to toe in louis vuitton looking like a complete dick then <laughs> do the historic grand prix where it's just white-haired old men with oh. linen shirts drinking rosé and you get to see all the old cars and low-key all of the F1 drivers show up to it with a hat and sunglasses because oh, really? they, they all live in, in Monaco. Yeah. So if there's no F1 race on the same weekend as the historic, you want to get down there if you want to see some F1 drivers because that's what they're with. That's good to know. Um, yeah. Lando loves his yeah. cars as well now. He's got a couple in the collection. So Yeah, okay. I'm sure he loves his flat in Monaco as well. <laughs> well, yeah, obviously. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But, uh, you know, so yeah, Monaco, uh, we were lucky enough to be on a boat for some of it, which uh, was a bit of a pinch yourself moment for little old me. Um, Clem looked perfectly comfortable. <laughs> um, then, I mean, from Monaco, I went back through Amsterdam. I did a track day there in Zandvoort. Uh, oh God, where do I go after that? I almost need to look at my Instagram <laughs> to figure out where I've been. So, uh, yeah, a lot of Europe, obviously a lot more of America this year with Marcus being over there. It was cool to get over to Nashville. I think that was maybe my next move after Amsterdam. I can't remember. Um, but it was great to get over to Nashville and Indianapolis. I actually really love Indianapolis. I don't know why all the drivers bag it so much. Um, really? It's a nice little, like, it's a nice community. You've got everything you need there. Obviously, they're not living, a lot most of them aren't living downtown. Um, that's a nice little spot of indianapolis where most of the indycar guys are um yeah underrated indianapolis do you in think there's opinion. a can you tell like a massive difference in the vibe between the indie indie scene and the f1 f2 scene yeah 100 uh the vibe 
from F2 is kind of, it's kind of, I'm not bagging it, but it's kind of intense and backstabby where, I mean, you know that 80, 90% of the drivers driving for their designated teams in the year are not going to be there next year. So there's not a lot of long-term close relationships being developed. There's close relationships and there's long-term relationships, but there's not really a lot of that crossover. Whereas IndyCar, it's, you know, you get there and that's, that's the yeah. end goal for most yeah. of the drivers. You know, for, for me, that would be, I mean, Formula One, I could take it or leave it, but luckily yeah. nobody gave me the choice. Um, <laughs> so no, it's, it's, it's nicer. It's, it's more of a family environment. I mean, you know, we like to bang on about him on the podcast. Scott Dixon, perfect example. He's been yeah. with Ganassi for 24 years, you know, like, Tower Porsche won't be at ART for the next 22 years. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure we can safely assume that. Yeah. Um, so, no, it's a bit more. Everyone has a chat. There's a lot less, you know, if you're standing in front of someone's garage for more than 30 seconds, some no, angry Italian know. isn't going to come over and yell at you or, you know, give you some kind of look. You know, it's it's just, yeah. it's friendly. It's yeah. nice. And, and the same, it correlates across into the fan experience as well, having, you know, been yeah. both over the years. Um, yeah, you feel much more welcomed and much more wanted there as a fan in IndyCar than you do in Formula One, where it's, where the fuck do you think you're going? Yeah. Nope, you can't walk there. Turn around. Somebody's <laughs> given me a badge for a weekend and I'm going <laughs> to fucking use it. No, IndyCar is just like, where are you going? Hey, yeah, of course. Love it. It's so, yeah. it's, yeah, it's different. Yeah, I think I remember Marcus saying in one of your episodes that I think it was something like the whole season of IndyCar can buy you a ticket at Silverstone and you get access to the pit lane and everything and all the drivers at Indy. Phenomenally good stat from Marcus, from somebody who's not usually one to pay (laughs) attention to the price of things. That's sticking my mind for some reason. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. no, it's stuck in all of our minds. So how has it been? Obviously, a lot of people are now more invested in you as well. Um, they've seen your personality more how has it been for you having that sort of attention on you as well as the other two uh yeah it's fine um I don't really buy into it I mean I'm yeah I I say to a lot of people I say to a lot of friends I'm glad that you know the spike in Instagram numbers happened when I was 25 not when I was 15 you know I could (laughs) I'm an adult I know it's all just you know I appreciate the fans and support and everything else of course but i know that it's all just silly and one day it's gonna end i know it's, yeah, yeah yeah that's fair enough i mean hey, crossing both fingers no day soon but um yeah it's it's not the be all and end all of my life i had a very not very successful but i was very happy with my career and yeah. everything else that i still have as well as screaming meals on um i wouldn't even say on the side but you know I, i'm very fulfilled without it so yeah, I'm glad that it's not something that if I start bleeding followers, I go, oh, I must have fucked something up. I'm yeah. not going, shit, shit, shit. This is yeah, the end. Yeah. This is the end. I, I need it right. Is McDonald's hiring? You know, like it's, uh, <laughs> so no, it's nice to be able to deal with that uh, change in my life at a later stage because a lot of the, uh, you know, the guys, the drivers don't get that privilege. They have to grow up in the spotlight. It's not something you're having to rely on, I guess, is it? No, uh, as we touched on before, <laughs> before we started rolling, I included if you want. I mean, like the money's not flying in with screaming. Meals. It's not, yeah. it's not like I'm flying first classes everywhere now. I'm scraping money to get to fly to yeah. Indianapolis in the 500. I've bitten off more than I can chew as per usual. And, you know, we're just having a go. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. all it really no, that's is. Good. 
good it's good obviously this year um you've been to a lot of races with Clem and Marcus um how was it seeing Clem get his first win what was that like for you as a friend watching that uh yeah pretty uh, quite emotional yeah I'll care to admit um I know you know the the results anyone who has done year two maths can figure out that Clem's season hasn't been exactly great um which is tough as well because you know obviously he's a a friend more before a driver to you know to me um and I know what he's gone through I know for a start I know how good he is and you know I believe in him uh and his talent you know he's got the results all the way through his career until Formula Two which is really odd and it's I think it's quite a good explanation to why things aren't always as they seem with formula two and formula two graduates getting to formula one per se perhaps you know pick an example out of the year you will but um yeah so i mean clem was vice world champion in karting he won british formula three he was third in formula three and then he gets to formula two and then it's the performance just almost evaporated so knowing that he knows how good he is as well and then seeing those results i know how that feels as a driver but i was genuinely shit um so yeah when he was leading so often when it's going well for clem that's a sure tail sign that it's about to go really badly um so i mean the whole race was just horrible i mean i was in the pit lane as well and so um the the pros and then immediate con of having the the f2 pit lane pass one looks great on instagram two you get to stand on the grid three you sort of close to all the action but the the tvs and the, all of the whatever's happening on the circuit is not aimed for the people in the pit lane they right. assume because you're, you're watching a formula one team tv or whatever yeah. so i'm not allowed in the f1 garages and i'm right. also not being allowed out of the pit lane so i can't really see any tvs <laughs> so <laughs> And also because the pit lane's so high, you can't even see the cars go past. You just right. so I'm kind of stood there. I don't. I think Clem took the lead over in like lap six or something. It was like let's say it was a twenty six lap race. So I was stood there for twenty odd laps, just <laughs> looking at F two live timing. Like uh, it's the worst viewing experience. I could just see him whip through the apex of turn one. Um, but yeah, no. Throughout the race, it was very just intense and just you just like just come on not today please let today be the day where nothing not even everything goes right just nothing goes wrong that's yeah. all we're really asking for um and thankfully yep Dutch Grand Prix it, it finally happened so he drove really well I mean I think he had the fastest lap as well um and yeah no so it's just <laughs> not in a negative way towards Clem, but just disbelief. Like so often, yeah, yeah. No, I get when you. it's been looking good, it's just and to be there as well. It's just yeah, it was awesome. So uh, yeah, big hug. Uh, drivers are a lot sweatier than you might think they would be. I mean, I know that we sort of know that they sweat, and they, but you yeah. don't expect it to permeate through the suit quite so drastically. <laughs> so yeah, that was a bit of a rude awakening when it was. Uh, but I've I've always seen you know the the park Ferme hugs going on with the drivers and I've always wanted that one one of those moments for myself and I finally got one so <laughs> it was good to see in something like that does it make you wish that you'd have stayed in it no not at all absolutely, absolutely <laughs> not absolutely not if I put in a good performance in my day-to-day life I can go home and go great and I can see the result it's usually you know it's either financial or what have you but yeah. 
uh racing is one of those sports where you're not going to get out what you put in uh yeah. you know take your marathon running your weightlifting football your whatever if you put in your best mm-hmm. effort and performance you will see it yeah whereas with racing you can put together the best drive you can be literally driver of the day and be p18 yeah you know? <laughs> so it's kind of it's a weird one so uh yeah in that moment especially i mean and all the bad moments i'm definitely glad i i dropped it but even with um with other things like year on year this time of year we're rolling around into you know the end of silly season or what have you but even if you know i get the dream job i I know i'm employed yeah. until i don't want to be employed yeah, Not, yeah that's, that's here's a year we'll talk to you again yeah. about how good we think you've done in 10 months, nine months time. And usually, so just always singing to your supper, which is not, uh, yeah. I mean, unless you're very comfortable in that amount of pressure and you back yourself, like, you know, for example, like I know Marcus would, it's a very uncomfortable way to live. And that's actually why I gave it up in the first place. Cause I knew, uh, I think I spoke a little bit about it on, uh, on another podcast, but like I, I was teammates with Marcus. So I could yeah. see how good he was and how good I wasn't. So I was like, but I was still quite good. So I was like, I could still actually have a go. Hey, maybe I could have, and good for them to have a crack and whatever. Um, but yeah, I just don't want to do that living yeah. for my neck. It's not even paycheck to paycheck, it's job to job. And it's, yeah, it's got to be an unpleasant way to live. Fun, but I mean, when the doors are closed and the cameras are off, it's got to be a pretty stressful situation. I know, obviously, you've mentioned a few times you used to race against Marcus, and it was like, holy shit, who's this kid? Do you yeah. think that if you maybe like a, a year before or a year after that it might have been a different story where you wouldn't have had that holy shit kind of kid and you would have been like, okay, maybe this is viable? Um, you know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So if, if Marcus hadn't pulled my pants down, well, yeah. I've still trying to go. Probably still no. Because um, although uh, Marcus was in my team and I could see from the data i mean it, I, I wasn't coming second i'll put it that way. it wasn't just marcus beating me so um no 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 it's it was definitely a, a wise decision it's i i always used to say and this is terrible life advice um but i always just say it's only the lewis hamiltons and the messies and the neymars and the beckhams and the who who tell just never give up on your dreams yeah we've never spoken to the guy who didn't give up on his dreams and is now bankrupt twice with eight mortgages on a house um, and it's all gone to shit. He's got three different women pregnant in the same year. And it's you just talk to that guy before yeah. you talk about throwing yeah. it all in for the big prize. You know, I always kind of took that approach and maybe that's why I ended up in insurance. Hey, but you're still successful. So that's all that matters. You're happy. And that's exactly, exactly. You know, yeah. I think a lot of people can maybe relate in that sort of sense of they thought they had a dream of something and then they've had to take another route in it, different direction. Yeah. What's master the pivot? Yeah. What's one kind of piece of advice that you would give them maybe going through that at the moment? You definitely don't try and make your first job your last job. Like build up. Like you know, a lot of people message me on your know, Instagram, LinkedIn, email, whatever, and go, oh, "How do I do what you do?" and it's, well, it's a little bit more complicated than that. I didn't walk into my role out of school and go, I know a lot about racing and I think I can do this insurance thing. You know, I, I had a proper, I said proper insurance job. My job is a proper insurance job. It's just 
that doesn't feel like it because it's all about motorsport. But, uh, you know, I did aviation insurance and I did property insurance for five years before I even started looking at motorsport stuff. So uh, if you love motorsport, if you love kayaking, if you like anything, you know, try and like nail the uh, nail the craft of something first before you then apply that to something you're passionate about. So I guarantee if I walked straight into my job now when I was, when did I start insurance? 18, 19. I'd have, I'd have fucked it all up by now because yeah. I wouldn't have known enough to do it to the standard that I now am able to do, you know, uh, whereas, um, yeah, having done the hard, the ugly admin work, you know, exams, whatever it else it might be. Yeah. I'm now able to be better at the opportunity that came my way that I'm very, very grateful for, you know, there was a success is when uh, preparation meets opportunity and that's kind of, a good summarization as to what I now do. I like that. I've never heard that saying before. It's a good saying. Yeah, I'm full of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk a bit more about the driving side of things. So IndyCar after parties, what are they like? I feel like the Americans will go wild. Mixed. Mixed. Oh. It, it always depends on the event. Okay. Uh, so 500, obviously mega. Uh, I actually, I haven't witnessed one of those firsthand, but I have heard the stories. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, okay, I definitely can't go into that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No. Um, there's Long Beach went pretty good. Um, Nashville was obviously great. And next year is going to be even better because it's the end of the season. Okay. Um, and Indianapolis, we went out to a couple of bars. I mean, in, in one respect, I, I think they're way, way better because at worst they cost you a couple hundred bucks um yeah you go out you have a dinner beforehand usually it's a lot more low-key you get to have a lot more conversations the f2 f1 f3 it's a lot more this person's here and that person's here and there's dj and there's tables and there's champagne bottles with sparklers and and it's all fun and it's all fine but a lot of the time you are still there going fuck 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 (laughs) so um yeah, it's and it yeah, it, it's it's a similar difference to the like I said earlier, the Monaco Grand Prix and the Monaco Historic. Mm. Of uh, you know the Grand Prix, you're gonna get um, you know every every reason we don't like celebrities on the grid when yeah. that was a sort of a hot topic probably twelve months ago, almost exactly now post Austin. Um, yeah, you just like ugh, gross. Um, whereas. IndyCar, it's more casual, you know, the, you know, Marcus Ericsson and Armstrong and a bunch of other guys, we're all, you know, in the same place after the race and no one's coming up to them, filming them, doing all that kind of stuff. I was in a, uh, an after party in Budapest where, uh, I'll say an English driver and a French driver showed up. Uh, I'll leave it up to everyone's imagination as to which two F1 drivers they were. Um, and I duck my head in the sort of, you know, there's a curtain and they go behind, um, and I duck my head and literally there's just people with their phones out filming them, uh, with flash on as they're just doing this card trick with a bartender and it's all of it. It's just, I thought, fuck that. Just God, leave them alone. Like they're trying to have a good time with their mates. They don't, it's just weird and it's annoying and you hate to see it, but I mean, at the same, it's a double-edged sword, right? And you know. It's 
okay, yeah, the popularity of the sport's great for the sport. It's great for people like me in the industry, you know, but at the same time, you just say, oh, God, like, leave them alone a bit. <laughs> but IndyCar's a good balance. IndyCar's nice. An F1 driver, yeah, I mean, I alluded to it earlier, the F1 versus IndyCar for me, lifestyle, and I am probably saying this because I'm 26, yeah. um, it's, oh, it's IndyCar all day because just, yeah, you, there's no privacy anymore. They are sort of having a bit of a, a rock star era at the moment, Formula One drivers. Uh, and it will come and go like all things do. But yeah, for the time being, every time I've seen an, an F1 guy at an event like that, it's just been, yeah, you, you, I just don't understand how they can feel comfortable going to those events. It's, it's almost pointless. I do. I, I know every time I've watched some of IndyCar, because I'm, I'm trying to get into it, it's just a, it's boggling my mind a little bit. <laughs> Yeah. Well, if you watch our commentary, that won't help at all because we usually just talk shit. I've tried, and yeah. Have you ever thought about going into commentary? Is that anything? You uh, yeah, I've thought about it, a lot of things. Um, yeah, preparation and opportunity, right? I mean, I'm going to keep doing my my thing, and then if, if the phone rings right. and it's somebody at Sky Sport, then hey, maybe. But um, at the same time, I like doing it my way. Yeah, I'm. I, I can hold my swear words back when I really need to, but I prefer not to. Um, but actually on that topic though, I think uh, an honorable mention at least um, as well. Jamie Chadwick did such an awesome job as a pundit in Austin over the weekend. I thought she, I mean, I'm a five-star Jamie Chadwick fan on a bad day, but like, you yeah, know, she was, she was really awesome. There's, there's literally nothing she can't do. Yeah, no, I agree. I know when she was there, I was just like, why does she not do this more often? And then I realized, obviously, she is busy actually racing. Um, yeah. Really, yeah. I think no, she but she was great. She was really, really great. Completely agree. Um, okay, so, so you... as long as she's in the game, I'm fucked. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. So I've got some questions from the followers. Um, oh, yeah. A lot of people were asking what backbone actually means. Um, it's actually pretty well summarized in the opening scene of a Wolf Farrell and Zach Galifianakis film called The Campaign. Right. Um, and if you watch it, he's, he's basically the premise of it is a presidential election or some kind of, election. and, uh, they go around doing their speeches to all sort of different communities and groups and things. And, uh, uh, Farrell's character is describing every group as like this nation's backbone, Got you. And it's sort of uh, like, you know unrecognized hardworking, sort of there at the end of the day reliable and when you throw that last word around neither Clem or Marcus are backbones at all they are <laughs> the most unreliable people in the world but um no that's a sort of you know salt of the earth you know heart of gold kind of yeah yeah backbone fair enough <laughs> what are they like to live with are they completely messy and awful to live with or are they actually relatively clean keep things tidy and all right uh i'm the shameful one to be honest you wouldn't you actually wouldn't think it but i throw shit everywhere clem is a neat freak um <laughs> oh i can actually Mar see yeah yeah this is actually his um marcus is horrific to be fair marcus is absolutely horrific um i think he once fired a cleaner because she asked him to put his clothes in a laundry bin as opposed to on the floor um <laughs> So, yeah, he's appalling. But no, I'm, I'm not great either. I'd be throwing stones in from a glass house if I was to throw too much shade Marcus's way. <laughs> but um, what it's like to live with him, I've got absolutely no idea. Um, he's well. I live with uh, I live with Clem. Marcus has got a flat in a different place oh. in London. 
Uh, we're trying, we're working on something. Hopefully, we'll all be living together at least, or have a base in London together next year. But um, yeah, Clem's never here. He's or he's out for dinners, or he's uh, up north with you know his, his mum's place is up there, so he spends all the time with her. Uh, you know, being being the good son that he is. So no, I've, I'm I'm running quite an ideal setup here. Clem pays my rent um, in his place, um, and he's never here. So, Marie, why don't, not? Yeah, don't complain. Yeah. Um, okay. Another one of the big questions I was getting from people is, are we going to get any screaming meals merch? Yes. Um, Exclusive. Before Christmas. Oh, nice. Yeah. Love before that. Christmas. I can't say too much more. Can I say too much more? What's the date? We're not the only people involved in producing the merch. Oh, okay. Well, that's as much as I can say at this point. Because, I'm calculating yeah, I, don't, I don't know why, but I haven't cleared it with the other guys to announce it, so I should probably hold fast. Let me know. <laughs> so um, also another one that a lot of people were asking was, how do you sort of balance the work, podcast, social life side of things? Uh, <laughs> it's an interesting question how. Um, at the moment, it's very difficult, but... Uh, my real work is trending in the right direction for me to have uh, some assistance there potentially soon, hopefully. So uh, at that point, yeah, that'll take a little bit of admin work off my table. But I mean, for, I mean, for example, today uh, I was up at four in the office for 5.30. Did, so I could do a, a full day's work before one o'clock because I was playing golf with Tom Blomqvist um, and another guy called Jordan Pepper, who's GT guy. Um, and then I was back here. I knew I had this. I had some more work to finish between then and out. I did manage to get to the gym, which is very uncharacteristic of me. Um, and this is my last call of the day. So it's been a 4 a.m. start and it's looking like an 8 p.m. finish for me today. So uh, that's one side of it. Not every day is like that. Yeah. So it's a particularly crazy one. But um and luckily, the two businesses do cross-pollinate somewhat. Right. But, um, yeah, there's no there's no cheat code. It's do, 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 do work. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do, put the hours in. Yeah, so that's, yeah, that's how. It's not fun, but, um, yeah. yeah, it is what it is. I know I was speaking to somebody the other week, and they have this little, um, like, saying in their office, and if they need to get something done, they just say JFD, and it's just fucking do it. And I'm, I'm yeah. living on that right now. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, there's, uh, there, there was a plaque in one of my friend's old offices that said, if it can be done tomorrow, it can be done today. And so, I mean, that's fine. But to be honest, if it's 4.59 on a Thursday and you look up and you see that your senior management who are on, you know, 200 plus K a year put a plaque on the wall, that said, you'd be like, no, get fucked. It can be done tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I don't know I'm going home. So what is one piece of advice that you would give to somebody who is hoping to work in motorsport, whether it's in your division or any other division, what is one constant maybe that's throughout it all? Uh, in motorsport, I would just chat to people, show, show up to events mm -hmm. and, and talk to people. Um, ask a valid question. To somebody who you may know or may not i mean you've got to be a little bit strategic in everything um to a certain extent you can't you know just go as i 
I want a job, you know. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'm putting my uh, corporate espionage hat on a little bit too firmly, but I don't know. Go in with, with something valid to, to say or something and, and just talk to people, show up. Um, I'm sure LinkedIn is also probably a pretty good space to check I, out. So I love I'd LinkedIn. go to like junior category teams, GHD teams, LinkedIn pages, and uh, they might be advertising jobs. They might not know to do that. So just send them a yeah. message and say, if there's nothing growing, great. But as in when there is literally anything, yeah, give me a ring. You know, a mate of mine who I work in the market with, um, the insurance market for motorsport. He moved here, funnily enough, from New Zealand is the only other Kiwi I know who's in motorsport insurance. Um, and he just wrote an email to McLaren asking if they needed a sweep, like someone to sweep the floors, a janitor, anything. Right. And he just got here and went, I want to work in motorsport. And I'm pretty sure just emailed everybody yeah. he could think of um, until something stuck. And he's he's got a nice little gig doing what I do. Fair enough. Yeah, I think a lot of it is who you know as well. Like if you can get that connection with one person, they'll then know somebody else who will know somebody else. And oh, yeah, my, my life trades on that. <laughs> it's not what you know, it's who you know. I mean, I, yeah, I, I'm probably in a pretty weak position to be giving advice because I've just been lucky to know the right people. But um, but that yeah, is what no, it's all about. Yeah, just go and just talk to people. Yeah, definitely. And um, ask questions that might lead you down a different path. Don't make your mind up, you know, yeah. before you've had the conversations. Yeah, definitely. So somebody has asked, if you were trapped on a desert island with any driver from any series, who would you want to be stuck on with? I mean, the obvious answer is Scott Dixon, just out of blind love. <laughs> um, He's forced there with you. Am I trying to get off or do we have to just hang out and die there? Try and survive as best you can. Okay, but there's no chance of rescue. Um, I didn't think about this. This is way too in depth. All right, okay, no, sorry. I just want, yeah, I want context. Um, <laughs> no, okay. If I was stuck with somebody, I don't. It wouldn't be Marcus, because <laughs> I'd die so long before he would. <laughs> um, purely out of habit for looking after all of his needs before my own. Um. I would say Marcus Ericsson's actually oh, a really? great shout. Yeah, if we had a, if we if we have speakers, Marcus Ericsson, hundred percent, because he's got that sort of weird Swedish rock interest. Um, so like he can you know he can hang with the classics. Obviously loves a bit of ABBA. Um, not bad to look at. Obviously, if we we are stuck on a desert island. Um, and yeah, no, we could just have a great time on the tunes, I think, until we, uh, you know, breathe our last breath. That, that'd, be, uh, that'd be the answer. So it's still a Marcus. Yeah, a Marcus. Fair enough. Um, okay, so what has been your favourite podcast moment so far on the Screaming Meals podcast? Uh, Screaming Meals? Moment, as opposed to guess? Moment. Um, the moment... <laughs> Jake boys knocked over a bottle of red wine was pretty funny. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's why we're not allowed to film here anymore. God. That was good. I mean, what else has been a good one? I mean, have we got anyone to do anything crazy? I don't think so. Oh, no. I'll tell you what it is. Um, it's William Shakespeare. Um, moonlighting is Michael Shakespeare, as Marcus was under the impression what he was called. 
um, and the funniest thing about it was that <laughs> I can't. I was taking the piss out of him for being dumb, and I said Shakespeare, and then almost to like to show off, he was like, "Yeah, my mate Michael. Like, I know who Shakespeare is." And we're like, "Oh my god, you fucking moron! Like, this is just case closed, point proven." Yeah. Yeah, so no, I definitely have to say Michael Shakespeare would be my favourite moment of Screaming Meals so far. That's brilliant. That's so funny. So, obviously, Clem's Wine Corner, I need to talk about this because I wholeheartedly prefer that to Screaming Meals, I'll be honest. If I need a brain dump moment and I need to just switch off, that is the podcast that I'm listening to. When are we getting more? (laughs) Okay, so there's a long story with this one but strap yourself in um so we filmed an episode of clem's wine corner post monza Mm -hmm. uh on that monday uh the intention was to upload that a few days later on uh spotify for your audio and then for uh we'd do the video we were going to upload that to OnlyFans. um (laughs) now it turns out that there's actually quite a lot of um, administrative hoops to jump through to become an OnlyFans creator, especially when there's more than one of you. So you need like signed consent forms from each party that could be on screen at any time. Um, they don't provide you these consent forms that you apparently need. So to be honest, it's just been a stalemate between me and frantically Google searching how to acquire an OnlyFans consent form um and it's been a losing battle for the better part of two months now so yeah i think when clem is back from his next test uh his current test in portugal he then goes to bahrain and then we're boots on the ground i think pretty much until the end of the year unless clem decides he wants to go to brazil again um and yes there should be an influx of screaming meals and clem's one corner content before the new year giving the people what they want yeah trying to trying to but you can't always give them what they want because well, sometimes they get what they need yeah i um i personally absolutely hate wine i can't i, ca- I just can't drink it but Fair i need enough. i need i want to get into it i want to be that person that sits at the dinner table with a glass of wine so what's your beginner's wine to suggest oh, beginners wine i mean my grandma bless her who's 96 has her red wine with a dash of ribena um love that. why have i never thought of that before yeah so she loves it i'll ask mary for the recipe but um yeah, yeah how much she put in but yeah grandma loves a red wine and ribena so that could be something for you that's so smart um and then on the flip side of the corner if you want to do your whites i would probably do like a white wine spritzer and then just start using less and less and less um extras you know soda water um and my mom knows you and clem is the wine people um so she wanted to know what's your recommendation for wine because she loves a good glass of wine oh it depends what you're after i mean it's an open-ended quit you know uh more putting your more is okay. very 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 good but if you wanted something a little less very 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 good i would go with a sauvignon blanc by a vineyard called the ned Okay. Um, you'll probably see them in most a lot of big UK supermarkets. It's got a very cool uh, topographical logo. Okay. Um, yep, that would be a good starting point. Okay. Do you actually know what you're looking for when you pick a bottle of wine or do you just pick the prettiest label? Because that is definitely what I would do. 
No, so I pay attention to, if I'm in like a Sainsbury's or a Tesco's, I'll look at the body, especially the reds. Uh, Cause I really like full body, like really, really rich. Cause when you get red wine, for me, when I get red wine, that's a bit like thin, a little watery, a little bit acidic. Some people like that. They like the dry, they like, you know, the weird feeling on their teeth. For me, I always say any sommelier who comes along in a restaurant, um, that was a horrible sounding sentence. Um, I will say, give me like a, a roast dinner in a glass. Like that's what I'm after with my red wine, you know, like make me feel like it's Christmas in the middle of summer. You know, that's my red wine requirement. Okay. Got you. Okay. I'll pass on the recommendations. Um, yeah, please do. Let me know what you think. <laughs> so finally, I mean, you kind of um, answered this by saying we are getting some episodes come in, but what can we sort of expect in the coming months for Screaming Meals and everything around it? Uh, coming months. I mean, we're, we're going to be reunited soon, hopefully. Um, I don't know what flights Marcus has booked, if he has booked flight, it, anyone's game. But uh, yeah, he is going to be here between Christmas and uh, Christmas and now. So we'd, I'd really like to do something with Dario because um, obviously he's based over here a lot of the time when the indie season isn't running. So I'd, I mean, for me, that's a fingers crossed. I can't promise that, but I'd love to do something with Dario. Um, there, there's definitely going to be another Screaming Meals Christmas special with three of us and Roy, um, who is the backbone of Screaming Meals. The um, and minority shareholder. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, to be honest, I actually don't know. I'm, I'm going to take it as it comes. The boys are going to come in. I'm going to smack their heads together and say, look, we don't need a guest every time. We can just do podcasts. Yeah. That's probably the biggest thing that I'm going to try and implement into Screaming Meals within the next two or three months. Yeah, That's priority one. Love that. I think as well, people, as much as guests are good, people are listening just for you guys as well. We do actually enjoy talking to you. Listening. Yeah, we forget that because we hear yeah. ourselves talk and we just think, who the fuck <laughs> yeah. listen to us? But <laughs> um, hey, you know, it's, it's gone all right so far. Good little trio it, it works it so thanks nice. for joining me again um really enjoyed this conversation and i hope everybody listening has really enjoyed it as well um and like i said i can officially call you a friend of the show which is an honor so thank you james <laughs> absolutely no i'm more than happy to come back anytime so let me know cool. <laughs>